Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of A La Carte with Keithy. This is episode nine. I am your host, Keithy Langston, and I am so excited today to bring on my love mate, my life mate, my playmate, my best friend, my soulmate, the tag team partner, my Barb and I to the warlord, Mr. Petey Winston. Peter, how are you today? I, w- I was hoping you would call me the Count of Monte Fisto uh, <laughs> somewhere in the middle of that. Oh, wait, I already did that bit on a hit that I recorded with you two days ago. Uh, I try, you know you know me. I try not to uh, repeat my bits. Uh, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be in the desert soon, so everything mm. everything is good with life right now. Yeah. By the time this show airs, you will actually have been, I believe, back from the desert. You are going to the land of enchantment, I believe. Or oh no, that's that's New Mexico. So excuse me. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, episode number nine, Pete. I can't believe I've made it to nine episodes. I'm so excited, uh, especially considering the last one was with. Uh, <laughs> Our dearest friend, Grooney. <laughs> no, it was actually, that was a lot of fun talking to him. But I think. What are you talking yeah, about, I'm, you dearest I'm friend? Jerry Jarrett. But I think. It's, uh, a, it's a Southern Connecticut. Yeah, he's accent, a Southern, yes. he's a Southwestern Connecticut man who sounds like he's from the middle of Tennessee. I actually was laughing too because uh, there's another show that came out uh, that came out on the North South Connection, Territorial. And in the first episode, they're talking about, uh, they're talking about um the battle between Kerry Von Erich and Jerry Lawler and there's a there's like two interviews that they're doing like the big interviews for Super Clash 3 and <laughs> Jerry mm-hmm. Jarrett's in one of them and I'm like that doesn't I go what when did Grooney go to uh <laughs> back in time to 1984 <laughs> AWA <laughs> so uh <laughs> yeah but uh I I think we're gonna have a good time today um, and I, I, I'm looking forward to the answer to some of these, uh, pressing questions that I think people want to know. So, uh, I, I, I hope you're ready. Are you ready? I am ready. You know what that line was? So the first, so the first thing I want to do with you, Pete is, uh, I don't know if you know this, but, uh, I'm a big fan of music and I love cover albums and I love people that sing cover songs. I mean, I, I, I recently went out and purchased the We Are The World uh, actual album. So I have that. And there's a lot of covers. Oh, do you have that? And uh, uh, I thought that I uh, maybe. No, I think I, I think I thought about getting it and decided it wasn't going to make the cut. Well, I mean, to pull back the curtain, uh, I can I can see Peter. You can't, but I can see Peter, and I know that Peter has a lot of wonderful vinyl record albums on his wall that he has framed. Uh, I used to do that, and then I st- stupidly got into another hobby of mine of collecting vinyl, so I took them all out of the frames and put them back. I see you have sports. I can see sports up there. Yes. Yeah, that's Huey a good Lewis. one. Mm-hmm. Huey Lewis in the news. Some Steve Winwood, Elton John, Yellow Brick Road. Uh, weirdly, the Billy Joel, the um, what's it? Oh, uh, Turnstiles. That's right. Mm. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I went, I went through a phase. I think it covered the first forty-one or so years of my life mm. where I really liked album covers with a lot of like people on them. Sure, that's <laughs> like like sports. You got like the whole band in the bar. Oh, I got yeah. like an eight an ACDC one that's sort of similar. Yep, and then you know the Turnstiles album. And and then I got Bruce uh, up there on the Tunnel of Love album cover, where he looks like a uh, rich 
introverted pervert of some kind. <laughs> I, I don't I quite understand. And of course, the... you have the born in the USA one where we're just staring at Bruce's ass. The, uh, yeah, the time, where so. where it kind of looks like he's he's doing the code with the red hanky in the right rear pocket, which means he <laughs> he is a bottom who prefers rough trade. <laughs> Meet me at the uh, third stall in Madison Square Garden. Oh, big man. <laughs> well, now, as you can see here, I, I pulled out my We Are the World album. My 40, not 45, my uh, well, yeah, my 33 here, I guess. And uh, yeah, there's there's some I didn't. You know, I guess I didn't realize that there's actually like a whole bunch of songs that were put on here, not just the USA for Africa. So with that being said, oh, <laughs> how about this? Do you know that the person that produced this was Quincy Jones? Yes. I... And how about that? Huh? What's weird with me is that when you say Quincy Jones, the first thing I think of is probably the Austin Powers song. But then second to that. A close second would be his involvement producing Fresh Prince of Bel Air, mm. which was probably putting Quincy Jones's name on it and him having absolutely nothing to do with the show. Like Hesh Rabkin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, with that being said, I have a, a task for you today. And that is, I have 10 celebrities that have given me their okay to select for them 10 different songs. And you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you that Mike Crockett does not count as a celebrity. No, he does not. So uh, burn, <laughs> burn for Mike Crockett. Let's hope he's listening to this. <laughs> yes, that was the test, Mike. Mm -hmm. We're going to find out. So what I'll do is I'm going to share my screen so that you can actually see uh, what we have. And that way uh, I don't have to just I mean, yes. I'll read them out to you, but I want you to be able to see them. So, OK, okay so here we go. So this is the Quincy Jones cover album. Uh, so the following celebrities, and this is not celebrities like WrestleMania 7 celebrities. This is real celebrities. We have Jack Nicholson, Chevy Chase, Barack Obama, Ronald Reagan. Obviously, it doesn't matter if the people are alive or dead. They recorded the song prior to. Uh, Sophia Vergara. Uh, I believe your favorite, Zoe Deschanel. Oh, yes. Uh, Robin Williams, Adam Sandler, Jay Leno, and Johnny Carson. And the songs I have selected for them are <clears throat> Jingle Bell Rock, Do You Think I'm Sexy by, uh, by, <laughs> by Rod Stewart, uh, yeah. Working for the Weekend, Beauty and the Beast, I Want to Sex You Up, Baby Got Back, Careless Whisper, Strawberry Fields Forever, Africa, and for you, Pete, glory days. So we got to figure oh, out okay. we got to figure out who's going to sing what in this album, and I will. I'm going to write it down and then we can, we can, you know, and, and, and I, I'm getting pretty good with the impressions I feel. So I'll be able to do a little bit of a little bit of impression for you as well. So uh, how do you want to start? Do you want to start with the songs or do you want to start with the actual actor or celebrity? I should say. Okay. Do I have to go actors in order here? No, no, no. You can okay. jump. I'll let you jump around, jump around. I'll let you jump I, around. I mean, when you said Barack Obama, I'm like, all right. What is, you know, what could he, you know, he's, he's too professorial at times and whatever, mm -hmm. um, you know, claim claims to be, you know, maybe mildly gangster when he was in his youth, but, <laughs> um, you know, he is not, not exactly Dr. Dre over there. 
and I'm, and I'm talking about both Dr. Dre's, the, the chronic one and the fat guy who was on MTV. <laughs> so for Barack Obama, I think it has to be uh, Baby Got Back. Because right. I can see that as, look, I think Michelle controls what goes on in that household. Mm-hmm. Like, like Barack had to quit smoking because she probably nagged him. I, I would imagine that that was that. And I don't necessarily think of Michelle Obama as having having a lot of back there. Mm-hmm. And this could be Barack's way as as a multiracial man <laughs> to reach back to the black community and sure. say, this, I know this is your national anthem, and that's not me saying it. Stuart Scott coined this as the the black man's national anthem. So, uh, baby, got back. Would it sound something like this? Like, I like big butts, and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny that when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. I th- I think. Barack could probably rap a little bit better than than what you're doing there, and it's not definitely not a knock on you. Okay, I know that you were one of the last cuts for Three Six Mafia, so you know it's I I know that you 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 have real world experience. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I I could see Obama being like at least as charismatic as Cyrus in the Warriors, hmm. where of course there's more than a passing resemblance of those guys. <laughs> I would throw in I would ma- kind of make it a remix, you know, have Barack say a couple, can you dig it? And then when he's like, why do I have to say that line from the Warriors? And I'm like, don't worry about it. I sat through eight years of the Obama presidency waiting for him to say, can you dig it? And like he, never said, he never said it once in eight years. So, I like I'm round and big and when I'm throwing a gig I just can't help myself. I'm acting like an animal. Now here's my scandal. I want to get you home and uh double up uh uh. But but remember, it's also kind of a you know a ba- not so much a backlash against his wife, but maybe a certain rebelling that uh, certain you know okay. husbands like to have with their wives sometimes. So all right, I like yeah. that. Okay, um, all right. So that sounds that I can go with that. Uh, what is what would be your next pick on this? Okay, Zoe de Chanel would definitely uh, sing, I want to sex you up. And she would slow it down like she was Marilyn Monroe, basically filleting JFK at his oh birthday in front of 20,000 at Madison Square oh Garden. Oh, <laughs> hey, this is, hey, you, there's nothing you can do about it because it's my fantasy. <laughs> I would, so it would kind of, would she start it with like, her TikTok. You don't stop, stop to the uh, TikTok. You don't stop, stop to the. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I would, I would have some dudes come out and do that as like, uh, kind of like a set the tone, and then I and take it, off your coat. I'll make you feel at home. And then she comes out in like a sundress or whatever, but a, but a very, a very like, a like sundress. the the exact sundress that I would want her to wear. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, enough of that. Uh, I can see. Oh my God. I can see. I can see your member right now. <laughs> oh, well, sorry. Sorry. I forgot. I forgot we were on video. It comes out during our Superstars <laughs> podcast. Oh. All righty. Next on the docket here. Who do you think? Okay. Um, uh, you know, the problem with looking at chevy chase there is there's so many different eras of chase it's mm-hmm. like am i getting modern problems 
Caddyshack Chase, or am mm. I getting Cops and Robertson's Ooh. Chase, or am I getting Community Chase? Um, I'm gonna say you're getting an actual Chase. Che- an actual Chevy Chase ba- Bank branch. Yeah, I um, think you're gonna get National Lampoon's Vacation Chevy Chase. Okay, height of his powers, Chevy Chase. And just so you know, I cannot do a Chevy Chase impression. So, oh, well, neither, neither can I. Oh, good. I mean, my Chevy Chase impression would be like, um, I don't know. You have to give me the song, and I could try something. Oh, Chevy Chase singing? No, I mean, I can't. I can't. I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know the first. What do I know about Chevy Chase singing? You know, I'm terrible at impersonations. Um. Hmm. Okay. Um. I could de- I could definitely see Chevy Chase singing uh, "Working for the Weekend" <laughs> because here here's a guy and and because you said National Lampoons you know I immediately go not so much to vacation because we don't learn like his workplace <laughs> mm-hmm. but Christmas Vacation where where we learned that he uh, he reunited with his Modern Problems co star uh, Brian Doyle Murray. Mm-hmm. And he's the evil boss who decides to cut out bonuses. Yes, in um, in uh, 1989, I think that's that's when that movie came out. It did. Yeah. 1989, and juggernaut of a year. I was told that Reagan economics worked, but apparently they were cutting bonuses by the, by the uh, end of the 80s. But uh, yeah, I could see Chevy Chase once again. You know, he's he's kind of rebelling from certain things. It explains the whole. Uh, Claudia Schiffer thing is that mm-hmm. Claudia Schiffer or is it the other one? Um, in that movie, uh, it's not Claudia Schiffer in that movie. It's in vacation. Oh, Christy Brinkley. Christy Brinkley's in the first that, one. That's yeah. who I meant by the other one. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, like you know, it's so weird in vacation because he's 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 got like a hot wife, but mm-hmm. he he totally can't bone her because the the kids are like in the next room. Well, we saw that when he tried with the, you know, the motorized uh, vibrating bed. And then, you know, that that's my favorite part of that movie is when the kids come in and he get he comes up and he's got his finger out and his fingers got Beverly D'Angelo's like underwear on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a big deal back then. I love Beverly D'Angelo. She was she was a very attractive uh, woman back in the day. Hey, Al Pacino, don't <laughs> screw around. You know what? No, she got a great ass. She has a great ass. And he's got his head all the way up it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I can't. I mean, Chevy Chase would just be like uh, everybody uh, working for the weekend. It would mostly be like facial tics. <laughs> right. I, I would think it would be it would be a video form where he would just be making facial tics. But don't forget, he does have singing experience because he was in uh, You Can Call Me Al. Right. And he also sings uh, Blue Shadows on the Trail in uh, Three Amigos. So, you know. Well, I, I have mixed emotions about the uh, you, you Can Call Me Al um, huh. uh, song. Uh, j- just because uh, I think it was Graceland was mm-hmm. the, the album by Paul Simon where yeah. he violated the boycott, uh, the cultural boycott of South Africa. Ah. And yeah. I, I remember one of the all-time great uh, Twitter moments, you know, back when it was called that and everything, was uh, little Steven Van Zandt, a.k.a., you know, Silvio in The Sopranos, <laughs> was like, fuck Paul Simon, you know, <laughs> because he's still upset, you know, 30-something <laughs> years later because he violated the cultural boycott on that Graceland album. 
Yeah, I mean, don't we remember? I'm not gonna play. I'm not gonna play. I'm not gonna play Sun City. Yes, don't we all know that? Yeah, that album is literally right there. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Well, that's funny. That's Place really of funny. honor. I didn't even take it out of the plastic, which I oh. I usually do that and then put it in the frame. But I care so much about that one. It's basically like a dude wearing two condoms. Come on, like huh? I'm being extra careful. <laughs> all right, so moving along. Who's your next? Who's the next uh, singer singer songwriter okay. on this album? So I mean, I, I'm just picking out like the best possible combination. Of course, absolutely. As, as, it's as not, it's not necessarily the most you know nonsense. It's it should be who do you think would be best? So I'm I'm looking here at uh, former Bob Barker victim uh, Adam Sandler. Yeah, from uh, Happy Gilmore. Yes, and uh, I I'm going to entrust him with Glory Days because ah. I have the I have the knowledge that. Adam Sandler is is go he does a pretty good Bruce impersonation because I know he's done it in yeah I know he at least did it on SNL once or twice yeah Courtney Cox was hosting the show mm-hmm. um which must which must have been the last season that he was on there because Courtney Cox wasn't host wasn't hosting SNL material before Friends and mm. Sandler was gone by '95 yeah so they reenacted the whole Dancing in the Dark. I and, saw that recently. It came up on like a, a TikTok. Yeah, I saw. yeah. And uh, it, and I, I just feel like he would do a good job with it. Plus, he's a Northeast guy. He's white, so clearly he's been to at least twelve Springsteen shows. So he, you know, he knows the whole deal. You know that there is a Bruce Springsteen parody album that came out in '82. <laughs> By who? You know, do you know? It was a. Uh, I think it was a Baltimore radio personality. Mm-hmm. And I forget his name, but his uh, stage name was uh, Bruce Springstone. And wow. it was basically like it, it was an EP or, or a single or whatever and it had two songs on it. Mm-hmm. And one of them was uh, Take Me Out to the Ball Game, which is done in like the perfect Bruce, like okay. calls for the saxophone <laughs> mid song and nah. like, tells a weirdly long story at the beginning and then the other song on there was um uh uh, the uh, meet the flintstones so he sang it was bruce singing the flintstones tv theme um yeah so bruce is a guy whose parrot the parodies of him i've enjoyed over the years Mm -hmm. so adam sandler i think is well equipped to you know carry on that that's tradition. Re- oh my god so i bought this album the other day it's dr demento presents the greatest novelty records of all time volume five the 1980s and on it is bedrock rap meet the flintstones by bruce springstone yes yep <laughs> that's yeah. hilarious yeah I, I i couldn't remember it was called bedrock rap but yeah, yeah i mean and it's done in the springsteen style and I think Bruce commented on it and just said, cute. I don't know if he meant that sarcastically or whatever, cute. but he seems to have a mile, at least a little bit of a sense of humor about himself. So do you think that Adam Sandler, you think he wouldn't he wouldn't fool around with this? Like he wouldn't go like, you know, I had a friend was a big baseball player oh, no, back no. in high school. No, he would add the right amount of comedy. I, I would I would entrust him, you know. As a dude who apparently has done serious movies for the last 20 years, not that I've watched any of them. I mean, like, all right, I'm doing this movie with uh, Kevin Garnett uh, of the Celtics with yeah. the diamonds. And it's like, oh, 
You, wait, you mean Kevin McHale? No, Kevin Garnett. <laughs> the other great Kevin. I would watch a Kevin McHale movie about uh, diamonds <laughs> and uh, glory days. Yeah, yeah, they'll pass you by. Glory plus, days. Plus, I didn't want to give glory days to Ronald Reagan mm. after after he played Born in the USA at one of his rallies at '84. Completely yeah. not listening to the lyrics of the song. No. Or, uh, or ha- well, I mean, any- that's but that happens with every political operative, whether they be a Democrat or a Republican. They're always picking songs that they just look at the title of the song and they think that this is good, you know, and then mm-hmm. and then you look at the you look at the first line of the lyrics and you're like, OK, no. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Glory Days would have been a better suited song for Reagan back in the 80s. But then again, I don't think Bruce would have wanted him to use it. Right. Oh, no. And in fact, that's I think that was really the beginning of artists uh, taking control, uh, trying to assert control over their music when a politician plays it. Because, mm. you know, you don't really hear like, yeah, in 76, Grand Funk Railroad got all pissed off because uh, Gerald Ford used some kind of wonderful at a rally. It's like, yeah, that didn't really happen until uh, until Bruce and uh, George Will also wrote a column extolling Springsteen, completely missing the point of the song. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Seems about right. Um, well, who do you have next on the uh, list here, Petey? Uh, all right. Well, we got a natural pairing here, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of, you know, looking ahead and figuring out, you know, all the permutations. But the song, uh, Do You Think I'm Sexy? which, of course, was done by Rod Stewart during his unfortunate disco era. Like, I'm literally shaking my fucking head just thinking about it. Um, Yeah, I have to give Sofia Vergara, do you Mm. think I'm sexy? Because I think she would make something of it. And even if she's a terrible singer, uh, at least least it's something good to look at. Uh, Again, uh, my Sofia Vergara impression is uh, really... um... Um, what's her name? The girl from Saturday Night Live who used to do her. Uh, I can't remember her name now. Uh, ah, shit. She was on like a few years ago and she was like, she, the only time I saw her do Sofia Figara was when she, uh, when she did it for like, they were redoing the Star Wars. Cecily Strong. And Cecily Strong right. would do, and she did the, Jess, I am mm-hmm. Sofia Figara. So she would go like, if you want my body and you think I'm sexy, come on, baby, let me know. <laughs> so uh, once again, it's uh, what do you call it? It's the uh, I do the I, I, I do the the, the, the version, copy, the copy of the copy, the copy yeah. of the copy. Yes. So, OK. Double All right. Zero. So we got we got four songs for celebrities. Oh, no, we got five. Um, so, so we're ha- oh, yeah, halfway five. home. Oh, yeah. Halfway yeah. bit. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So in, in, in looking ahead here, mm-hmm. uh, I, I got to give something good for, for Jack Nicholson. Yeah. So I'm going to give him Jingle Bell Rock <laughs> just because I've already got this image in my head of Nicholson. like, And I'm talking 80s Nicholson, like yeah. the one that pre, pre-Joker, okay. but post-Chinatown. Yeah. So I got this fat area between like 76 and 88. <laughs> to go on there you have terms um, of endearment nicholson yeah he doesn't have to he doesn't have to bring coke or anything but he's got a nice highball glass he's enjoying a beverage he's enjoying the holidays mm-hmm. and uh and, and yeah he's just he's just gonna belt one out 
Jingle because bell, I, jingle bell, jingle bell rock, yeah. <laughs> jingle bell swaying and jingle bell slaying. Just like I slayed Angelica Houston. So here's the thing though. Now I've made it tough on myself. Yeah, yeah. Now, now now I'm down to four. Yeah. And just in kind of looking at this. We do have, you know, we have th- basically three comedians, four mm-hmm. if you include Reagan, but um, <laughs> and a lot of people don't necessarily think of Leno and Carson as comedians anymore, which is a shame because Leno is like an actual working comedian and was yeah. for his t- entire Tonight Show. But uh, Beauty and the Beast, mm. that's the one I kind of struggled with. So I'm going to entrust that into the hands of... Uh, the very capable Robin Williams. Yeah. Because I, I think he might be able to do something with it. I I don't know. This is uh, this is baseball manager Pete talking like, look, I'm not going by the analytics here. Yep. I don't care what the stat cast numbers say. I trust Robin Williams in this situation that he's going to get down the bunt. Or in this case, <laughs> sing a song to my either amusement or delight, or whatever adjective you want to use that's positive. Ten is old as time. <laughs> Song is old as rhyme. <laughs> and I don't know the words, because I didn't look up the lyrics. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so for our, our next one. for What if he did, oh, what if he sang it in the Mrs. Delphi voice, like, Ten is old as time. That's that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a million different voices. Ten is old as rhyme. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe mm-hmm. uh, he could he could do the voice of Donald uh, of 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 Howard the Duck, ah. which uh, I know you covered on a previous yep. yes. a la carte with oh, yes. uh, Chris. Oof. Oof. Yes. Oof. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking, uh, what if he did? What if he did his Popeye voice and he was just like, oh, like. Uh, it's beauty and the beast. <laughs> Your Popeye kind of sounds like Jay Leno, but I'm not. I'm not going to go to uh, proven main event talent Leno right now <laughs> because uh, Johnny Carson, who I have a great deal of respect for, um, yeah. I, I'm going to give him Africa in part because uh, there's probably at least five or six countries in Africa that did not exist when Carson was on the air. <laughs> South Sudan. What the fuck is that? Like, I feel the I. Oh yes, do it! Come on, let's hear it. I bless the rains here in Africa. Can you believe this weather we're having here in the South Sudan? Now we're gonna uh, we're gonna bring out the great Karnak to uh, sing uh, sing the lyrics to Africa. Yeah. Um, I hear the drums echoing tonight. Uh, she only hears whispers of some quiet conversation. Ain't that right, Ed? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. I'm rising like Kilimanjaro in front of the Serengeti. That's about right. Yeah. What is... um, What is I bless the rains down in Africa? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That's a a joke that, like, very few people are going to get, but... Uh, we're going back to the this, 70s for this, uh, Karnak the Great. <laughs> yeah, this carrying the torch for Carson is hard for me because, all right, the guy the guy retired when I was 13. 
but yet I have, you know, a pr I'm pretty well versed. Like I've watched a lot of Carson clips. I used to watch the 30 minute fucking infomercial that they would have for like the all best the time. of Carson. All and by the, the way, all the shit from the 60s got like fucking destroyed mm -hmm. because nobody bothered to preserve like his New York shows. Yep. But like, you know, giving us magic moments like Don Rickles. Um, sure. <laughs> on with Sinatra telling the story of like, Frank, can't you see that I'm eating here? <laughs> it's the greatest story i think ever told on any on any sit down you know television show ever story yeah the, the greatest harassment was definitely uh not when burt reynolds got all pissed off at mark summers from no couple there it was when uh norm was on the conan show <laughs> with um what's her courtney face Thorne from uh, Cor Cor yeah courtney thorne smith from a uh, your Courtney Thorne Smith from According to Jim. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was trying to put over this movie she was in with Carrot Top. And Norma's like, I know the moon name of the movie. Box Office Poison. <laughs> and then when and my favorite part is at the end when she, she says, well, the name of the movie is Chairman of the Board. And then Conan goes, yeah, well, do something with that funny man. And then Norma goes, eh, is it spelled B-O-R-E-D? <laughs> That, that was just Conan being Magic Johnson yeah. throwing, throwing an throwing alley to Jordan on the Dream Team or something. <laughs> Seriously. Hey, why don't you do something with that funny man? Uh, okay, everybody. <laughs> uh, so right now, I, I got uh, – there are two names left, Ronald Reagan and Jay Leno, and mm -hmm. two songs. Yes. And I'm going to give Leno Strawberry Fields forever. Okay. All right. And – um. Wow, he, he would he would get up and he would uh, he would say, yeah. uh, much like Mark David Chapman, I also murdered a dude who was based in New York, meaning Letterman, <laughs> which is what he did for like over oh, a, over a God, decade. God damn you! The best part is that like Leno was beating Letterman like a drum, gets mm -hmm. forced into retirement, and then he comes back and just starts fucking beating Letterman again. Yeah. I mean. Everybody's like, Pete, you're such a prick. Like, you, you're such a prick to your demographic. It's like, no, Leno, Leno fucking entertained me relentlessly. Like, when Carson left the Tonight Show, I just kept watching the Tonight. Like, the last year that Johnny was on, I was kind of old enough where I could, you know, sneak in late night TV, so I'd watch it. And then when, when Leno came on, and I, I'd say a lot of it was like the '92 Olympics too, because that was on NBC, and they put Leno on, like mm -hmm. they. They let him do like the little because Leno was great at the stand up bit at the beginning of the show. Like yeah. 10 minute topical humor yep. every single night. Yep. And, you know, Letterman by the end, you know, probably couldn't even be bo bothered with that shit. Well, like, he, he was he wasn't as engaged. They said that I, I've read that that it, what really sold Leno on people was when OJ killed his wife during the trial. Oh yeah, the L.A. the L.A. part of that, I like. He had the dancing Edos, yeah. And I know that's silly to look back on, but fuck you. You had to be there in 1995, all right. I will. I will defend the honor of the year 1995 to the death. Okay. And along with it, bands like Green Apple, Quick Step, uh, Collective Soul, and, and maybe one or two other bands that Chris has seen. Uh, that of course leaves us with Ronald Reagan singing "Careless Whisper" and all I can think is, "Well, maybe we shouldn't have sold arms for hostages." I just didn't know that that was going on. 
And then he says, I guess I'm never going to dance with Gorbachev again. <laughs> Guilty feet have got no rhythm. By the way, I'm not like totally reflexively anti-Reagan. I mean, I'm looking over at my bookcase. I've read a lot of Reagan books over the years. I got the biography Dutch autographed by Edmund Morris in one of the most bizarre celebrity encounters I ever had. <laughs> I, I was go, I had a very on. I had a very Seinfeldian experience with him where I walked away from it and I was like, I don't think I don't think that I don't think Edmund Morris respects my intelligence. I, I think he thought I was frivolous. Uh, and, uh, and it bothered me. I thought you were going to say you walked away from him and went, I don't know if that was him. I think that was Salman Rushdie. It wasn't long after I started working at that Barnes & Noble that he did the appearance there. So, Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh. Well, that um, I mean, that sounds to me uh, like a hell of a cover album. Uh, if I If I can go back real quickly and look at that because uh, I just closed it. <laughs> I'm going to go back and look at it. So we have Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock, sung by the incomparable Jack Nicholson, but only Terms of Endearment era Jack Nicholson. Yeah, so, so 76 to 88 Nicholson. Yes, yeah, very, very important. Uh, Do You Think I'm Sexy, sung by Sofia Vergara, uh, or as I like to say, Cecily Strong by way, Sofia Vergara by way of Cecily Strong. Uh, Working for the Weekend, sung by... Uh, Modern Problems, Chevy Chase. Beauty and the Beast, sung by the many voiced talents of Robin Williams. I Want to Sex You Up, sung by Pete's Dream Girl, Zoe Deschanel. Uh, Baby Got Back, sung by former President Barack Obama. Careless Whisper, sung by former President Ronald Reagan. Strawberry Fields Forever, sung by Pete's favorite and late night talk show host, Jay Leno. Uh, Africa, sung by Pete's second favorite late night talk show host, Johnny Carson, and Glory Days because he believes he'll give it the due respect by Adam Sandler. The, the only thing is, I think if I could have chosen any president for Kalis Whisper, I would choose Nixon instead of Reagan because he had a <laughs> lot of Kalis Whispers. But a bunch. Well, that's uh, that's an album I think that's going to go uh, quadruple platinum, if you ask me. So yes. I think we did good on that one. All right, Pete, now I want to talk to you. Uh, there's a there's a special game that you and I love to play. It's called the bullshit game. Oh, right. <laughs> and I believe this all started back in that magical year of 2016 when we were at the Outer Banks with uh, some friends of Oz. And we started coming up with this game where uh, the premise is basically you have to somehow organically work into a conversation a uh, mythical fact or a fictional fact rather about a person a celebrity, or I guess it didn't have to be a celebrity. It could have been anybody, but, um, and that was just, and it, and it had to be believable enough that it could have been, it could have been true. So the example that you always like to tell people, and I don't even remember saying this. I can't even, I don't know how we were talking about either the Muppets or John Denver, but I had said to you that, well, you know, they tried to make a Muppet for John Denver back in the seventies but there was just problems with getting the mouth right and the face to look right. 
and they figured it would have been less expensive to just have John Denver do guest spots on the Muppet Show. <laughs> we spent three million dollars on this Denver Muppet. And we could have got the guy for. <laughs> it's still not fucking workable. We, we could have got the guy for seven fifty. So, um, and, and the thing was is that I think you looked at me for about five minutes, and then you went. That sounds like bullshit to me. Is that true? And is I that went, true? no, I just made it. I made it up. Yeah, it so, was like Farley to, Mc, to McCartney on the Chris Farley show. That, did, that, did that really happen? So, <laughs> so I have for you five different examples or five different stories, I should say. Uh, I will tell you that three of them are true. Two of them are false. I want you to try to guess which ones are the bullshit and... Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Wow, this sounds an awful lot like that Mike Crockett game that he would play on his podcast. Mike, are you still listening? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. <clears throat> James Lipton, the host of the Inside the Actor Studio, ran a bordello in France just after World War II. He says he represented the women like an agent and took a cut of their pay like a true pimp. Dennis Rodman could almost field two NBA teams with just him and his siblings. Rodman's father, Philander Rodman, fathered 29 children, including the worm. Wait, Philander Rodman? Yep. Like Philander Er? Yeah, uh, Philander Rodman. Hmm. That feels okay. a little that feels a little too on the nose there. It's like uh it's like uh, you know, calling a gigolo, you know, Sir fucks a lot or something. I don't <laughs> Sir know. Fucks, Sir fucks a lot. Um, okay. Uh, Friends actor Matthew Perry had an incident when he was only three years old when he slammed his hand in a car door and left him with digits numbering 9.75. He had lost part of his middle finger in the accident. Am I Jennifer... supposed to say true or false? No, no, no. Just, I'm giving okay. you all. I'm giving you all five, and then you can okay. go back and ask yeah, me to yeah. read the story again. Jennifer Lawrence was on the yearbook committee while she was in middle school at the Caramer Middle School in Louisville. She was in charge of writing up the blurbs that go with their with the group and team photos. And while attending Aberdeen High School, Cal and Billy Ripken played both soccer and baseball. However, Billy was thrown off the team for, of course, what else? Foul language. All right. So how many of these are true and how many of them are false again? Three of them are true. Two of them are total bullshit. Okay. And if you'd like me to read them over again, just let me ask. On my initial hunch, mm -hmm. three of them uh, three of them felt like bullshit. Oh, okay. Which is, what, which is, which is why I asked. So now it is up to me <laughs> to either... Clearly, you 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 must not think I'm a great fool. So clearly, I could not choose the bullshit story in, in front of me now. <laughs> Just wait till I get going. Um, the, where was I? All right the the Jennifer the Jennifer Lawrence story that is gotta be one hundred fucking percent true. Okay, because. She is an every woman, and ever since I found out that, like, I don't know if it was on the set of, like, American Hustle or, or where it was, that, like, she would take, like, she would pound fucking bags of Doritos from craft services. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I, 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 I hmm. 
Yeah, that that definitely sounds like her. Okay. And then the third one there, which was uh, Matthew, Matthew Perry. Perry. Yep. That that feels like one of those things where yeah, it's true, but nobody nobody everybody got together and agreed not to say anything about it. Okay. Like. Like we we just decided to give it a good leaving alone, like the Bob Barker sexual harassment lawsuits. Like we're not going to talk about that anymore, people. He was over the age of we don't give a fuck anymore. You know, he okay. He, he, he's set in his ways. Okay, so th- those two I think are are true. Okay, but we're winding back. What what who was the name behind the first story again? James Lipton. James Lipton, the host of Inside the Actor Studio. All right, Lipton was really fucking old. Like when he was doing that show, like he did not look like he looked like a dude that was maybe like an eccentric who was 49 and maybe, you know, had a hard life or whatever. Uh, by the way, your cat's tail yeah, just but... going through the screen like it was a fucking windshield wiper. It was amazing. Um, you might have to do this video thing more often. Um, so it feels like, yeah, he could he could have been around. That mm-hmm. that that far back. Okay. So between that, the second story, which uh, re- refresh my memory again, Dennis Rodman could field two NBA teams, which is him and his siblings. Rodman's father, Philander Rodman, fathered twenty nine children, including the worm. See that? Mm. I don't know. The, that name felt like bullshit. Like okay. uh, the, Philander, that that just screams. That just screams bullshit. Okay. And then the last story was Cal and Billy Ripken. Cal and Billy Ripken. Yeah, that 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 feels like bullshit as well because you know Billy famously had that baseball card that, by the way, I don't own. Uh, where he carries the baseball bat that says "fuck face" on the knob, and then That's they right. had all sorts of corrections to it. So a uh, you know they put like a black square over it. So I am going to say that the bullshit stories are the Rodman and the Ripken stories. The Rodman Ripken uh, pairing are bullshit, and the other three are true. Okay, <clears throat> you are half correct. Huh. You have one of them right. The Billy Ripken story is not true. That is complete okay. bullshit. Right. Um, I won't let you, I won't make you go back and try the, uh, find the other one. Um, however, it is amazingly ironic that you immediately said that the Jennifer Lawrence story was 100% true. That is made up. I made that up. Oh, <laughs> you must've heard me say something about Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> like I can't wait to fuck Winston on this fake Jennifer Lawrence story. When I host a podcast someday. No. Actually, it was th- when I thought of the bullshit game for this for this episode, that was the first thing I said is and it was such a I said, I don't know, something something random like Jennifer Lawrence worked on her yearbook committee in high school and I had to do research. She didn't go to high school. So she got her GED after afterwards because she ended up going into acting. But, uh, <laughs> she dropped out in the third grade. <laughs> what like is my this? grandfather what is this fucking 1870s kansas <laughs> jesus uh yeah no matthew 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 perry had an accident where he lost a part of his middle finger uh dennis rodman's father is really named philander rodman and he had 29 children <laughs> and james lipton yes james lipton's old enough that he was a pimp in uh france just after world war ii so yeah wow <laughs> I thought it was interesting. I said, Billy, Cal and Billy, 
And just for the record, Cal Ripken did play both soccer and baseball. Billy only played baseball. Yeah, that was that was the that was the red herring of the whole deal there. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe I shouldn't have put of course for foul language, but that was that was a throw in there because I had to get something in there for the Well, were you going to say that he got into a big karate fight because there was dueling dojos or whatever? That would never fucking happen in reality. <laughs> I would know that that's bullshit right away. Uh, <laughs> dueling dojos. A lot of subtext to what I'm saying here. Sure, absolutely. Really looking forward to season 6 with 45-year-old Miguel. <laughs> He's going to look like Manny in the last year of fucking Modern Family. He might actually. Why is Manny nailing retirees? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Isn't that what happened to him? In the... No, the other son was nailing the retirees. Oh, uh, well. But that was, right. yeah, he was working at the, uh, remember when he worked at the country club and he was sleeping with all the, the gilfs? I, 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 che <sighs> I checked out on that show. I know, everybody checked eight, out on that yeah. show. Yeah. All right, Pete, thank you uh, so far for all the amazing and entertaining, uh, in, in, you know, discussions that we're having. Whew. So this one's going to be fun. Oh, there's your cat in your cat's yes. tail. Nice. <laughs> she, she decided to get in on the action. <laughs> uh, maybe my cat and your cat, we can get them together and they can go bowling. Um, <laughs> so now you've heard of the game, The Immaculate Grid. Yes. <laughs> of which so I'm obsessed I, with. You mean the thing that I'm obsessed with? Yes. I have a an immaculate grid of my own okay. that I would like to that I would like to do with you today. And of course, it has to do with movies. So here you go. <laughs> I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna share my screen. So here's the immaculate grid. Okay. Um and let me stop the slideshow. Okay, so <clears throat> for my Immaculate Grid, and everybody out there, just in case you don't know, the Immaculate Grid is a three-by-three three grid set up where you have um, a an item in the first top box, and it goes like top uh, left to right, and you have or right to left, and you have a person or a thing, whatever it is in the first one, something in the second one, and something in the third. And then it goes down on the other side is something in the first, second, and third, and you have to kind of match them up. So in the uh, normal immaculate grid that everybody's been playing nowadays is baseball, you would say like in the first column, you would have the Boston Red Sox, then you'd have like the New York Yankees, and then you would have like MVP. And then going down on the other side, you would have, the, say, the Chicago Cubs, the St. Louis Cardinals, and Cy Young, okay? And then what your job would be is you'd have to try to find the person or persons but you only get one guess and who would fit into the box. So who would play, who played on the Red Sox and the Cubs who played on the Red Sox and the Cardinals and so forth. So forth. So for this one, I have actors and acting categories. So I have Harrison Ford, Robert Redford, and who is an actor and who has been nominated for an Oscar for actor in a supporting role. And then going down, I have Samuel L. Jackson, Brad Pitt, and, who was nominated for actor in a leading role. Okay. Okay. So let's see if we can fill this out. So we have a movie that Harrison Ford and Samuel L. Jackson have been in. 
both of them together? Yes. I may I'm gonna I'm gonna treat that like the uh Colorado Rockies crossed with the Texas Rangers square and uh and perhaps come back to it. Okay. Um boy, how boy about... that is a boy that is a bad picture of Redford that <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Pete, women wanted to fuck that guy. Holy <laughs> shit! There's hope for the rest of us. Well, do you know a movie that Samuel L. Jackson and Robert Redford were in together? And uh, uh, I know the movie. I know. I know. There's two movies. One of which I don't count because it was like a cameo for Samuel Jackson. It. I will give you a hint. It is a Marvel movie. Oh, a Marvel movie. Hmm. Well, that that I, that I'll have an issue with. Yeah, because like that that world is just okay. What about? Up. However, act actor in a supporting role. That one is easy for Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, because uh, that would be uh, Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. Because uh, Samuel L. Jackson played Stax. Not oh no no it's it's actually no 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 this is oh so this is even better this is like the new updated rules for. Immaculate Grid. You have to tell me a role that Samuel Jackson was nominated for as an actor in a support. Oh, role. I thought you were giving me a yeah. No, anybody who was a oh. No. All right, and Pesci well, won. Oh, that's right. You said yeah, he won the actor yeah. in the support. Okay, okay. So, well, well, uh, Samuel L. Jackson should have been nominated for actor in a supporting role for uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> well, uh, we all that, know that. That much is perfectly clear. Zeus, you know, Mountain of Apollo, don't fuck with me or else shove a lightning bolt up your ass. Uh, okay. Uh, but for uh hmm. oh, I'm having I'm having really real trouble with this. Well, I can give you I can give you a hint. Um, it's one of his most famous roles that he's been in. Uh, not the uh, not the not the weird Star Wars one, was it? No, 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 no. Think of like when did all right? What role besides Die High with a Vengeance? What role did Samuel Jackson it 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 skyrocketed him into superstardom? Was he in uh, Boys in the Hood? No, that's Lawrence Fishburne. Okay. (laughs) Um, you racist motherfucker Pete (laughs) you got Lawrence Fishburne confused with Samuel L. Jackson he ate the Matrix Um, (laughs) I mean okay Uh, you probably should have made this grid out of uh, versions of the Barney Miller theme you know something that I'm a little bit more accustomed to we should have just done the friggin regular immaculate grid to today's baseball one Um, okay which had the Orioles in it by the way (laughs) Um, this movie with him co-stars Bruce Willis oh Independence Day no Bruce Willis isn't an Independence Day no not Armageddon no Samuel Jackson's not actually he's not in that but he is in Die Hard Adventures Bruce Willis Uh, John Travolta oh Pulp Fiction yeah he he was nominated for Jules yeah in Pulp Fiction okay um how about Bra- uh, how about Brad Pitt for nominated for best actor in a supporting role? It's an older movie, also starring Bruce Willis. 
Uh, was it Twelve Monkeys? Yes. Oh, oh! <laughs> you got my legit game show contestant <laughs> reaction on that one. Yes, very much so. Okay. Um. All right. Oh, how right about out, that right out of my ass? <laughs> how about we go with best actor in a in a leading role? Uh, we'll do Robert Redford. Uh, I believe all, all the president's men. Uh, I, mm, you know what? I think he won for that. Oh, so do again, I have to? Is, do I have it, to do, do? He loses. Well, <laughs> it just was easier that way. They had point shaving at the Academy Awards that year. <laughs> there was a point shaving scandal. Yeah. Red Redford Redford threw the. I you know uh, Robert but, Redford he but, threw he threw it. Sundance, but I don't know if he won that too. No, yeah. but you're close with um it was a team up movie. <laughs> not not uh the not the natural. Um and not Paul Butch Newman, Cassidy, Paul Newman's in it. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance. Not pa- not Butch Cassidy, but Paul Newman was in it. Oh. Do you know the movie that they're in together? Um Oh, you know what? He wasn't nominated for. Uh... What was the one you said? Butch Cassidy and the Sunday. No, no, no. All, was he... all the presidents. Yeah, no, men. he wasn't even nominated for all the presidents' men. Uh, what about the uh, the Manchurian Candidate? No. Oh, the movie is it's the Sting. Oh, oh, what are you fucking Gordon Soley over there? The Sting is taking on Dick Slater in a swirly match. <laughs> going to be refereed by Dick Worley. <laughs> I'm guessing you're not going to know the Harrison Ford one. It is not Star Wars, nor is it Indiana Jones. And it's not uh, It's not Air Force One. No. And, uh, oh, isn't it uh, Prince of Tides? No. Oh, that's no, that... James Brolin. <laughs> actually, fucking terrible. <laughs> actually, actually, it's not. It's, um, it's Nick Nolte, but that's oh. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Nick Dalty was outstanding in blue chips. All right, so we got we got twelve monkeys. I guess that's good enough. It was uh, I got you to do that answer that correctly. It was witness. Okay. Have you ever heard of witness? No. Okay. Um. Geez, I'm beginning to think you're not going to know any of these other movies. Uh, Brad Pitt and Harrison Ford. See, I'm trying we- to think of a because Harrison Ford. Well predates Brad Pitt, so it's probably something when Brad Pitt was relatively unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, yes and no. Like he was, he was still kind of like, I would say, heartthrob status when this movie came out. So it's not as like it wouldn't be like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I can, you know, I can say that. Uh, this movie came out in. 1997 LA Confidential? No. Oh. It's um I believe it's about Yeah, it's about it, like it, it's about like it, IRA terrorism and stuff like that. And it's not and it's definitely not Air Force 1. No, it is definitely not Air Force 1. Um it stars um the great Treat Williams, <laughs> I, I believe RIP. Uh um also uh Margaret Collin, who was in Independence Day. <laughs> she okay. plays Jeff Goldblum's wife in Independence Day. By the uh, way, I, I didn't I didn't just blurt out uh um oh, fuck, what's, what's that 
fucking now now I now I lost it. LA it's definitely definitely not Air Force. Uh, well, LA Confidential. It's definitely not Air Force One. No, Brad Pitt is not an Air Force One. <sighs> All right, the movie is called it's... the Devil. The Devil's Own. Okay, well, we we could have been here for like six days, yeah, and yeah, I wouldn't okay. have gotten that. All right, well, and just uh, okay, so I'll let you know. Um, it was Harrison Ford was in Patriot Games with Samuel L. Jackson. I don't remember Harrison <laughs> Ford playing for the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're definitely not going to remember. What did, what, did, what did they put him in in one of those meaningless games against Jacksonville? You're uh... definitely not going to remember that Brad Pitt and uh, Robert Redford were in the movie Spy Game, which was, which was about Spygate. <laughs> oh, no. It wasn't about Spygate. But that's... Okay, well, whatever. And you, then you literally could play any bullshit game with these actors, and I would believe. Well, it. well, I mean, this one everybody would know: Samuel Jackson and Robert Redford are in Captain America: Winter Soldier. That's that's a okay. that was a big thing. Okay, so the last one I have is there's an actor who has been nominated several times for both supporting actor and best actor, and he, I'll, I'll tell you the years that he's been nominated for awards. 73, 74, 75, 76, 80, 91, 95, and 2020. Hmm. It's quite a gap there. There is, but if you think of it, 73, 74, 75, 76. See, I thought you I, I was going to blurt out John Cazale, but once you got past 78, I, I knew it wasn't him. Okay, but it's not John Cazale, but who could it be? You're you're like Who could it be you're like now? right you're like right there. You mean uh, uh Mr. Uh, Pacino? Al Pacino, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Al Pacino. Who are the the aforementioned tagging Beverly D'Angelo, Al Pacino? <laughs> That's right. That's right. You did aforemention that. Uh <clears throat> yeah, he was uh just so you know, Al Pacino was nominated um for Best Supporting Actor for The Godfather. Uh, best supporting actor in Dick Tracy. Uh, best supporting actor in Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Oh, nice! Mm-hmm. Yeah. And best supporting actor for The Irishman. And Irishman's going to take all you guys get his money. <laughs> and he was nominated for best actor in '74 for Serpico, '75 for Godfather Part Two, '76 uh, for Dog Day Afternoon, and 1984 in Justice for All. Oh. I would have so. guessed cruising, but okay. <laughs> cruising. Hey. Oh, I saw that. I saw that trailer the other day for like the first time, and I was like, "What the fuck was he doing?" I don't know. We we we, we all we all go through uh, we all go through phases, don't we? Yeah, that must have <laughs> been the really artistic. That's like this is like I'm gonna make this my artistic movie. <laughs> that 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 was during Pacino's uh, sucking cock phase. <laughs> oh, hey now, oh. Sucking cock face. Good lord. Look, we've all had one. Who among us? Who among us has not sucked some cock in these their day? Oh boy. Okay. My mother's gonna really enjoy that bit. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Carol. <laughs> sorry. What? <laughs> you know what was great the other night was uh you know, my brother, I don't think my brother has he hasn't seen casino. As much as obviously as much as you and I have, but he hasn't seen Casino enough to know, like to laugh at it as the unintentional comedy that it is. 
And so it was on TV. It was on like it was on like Showtime the other night. So we were watching like legit casino. Like there was no fouled up Frankie. It was like the real. <laughs> and <laughs> there's the scene where, you know, there's the desert scene. And <laughs> my brother goes, this is your favorite scene, isn't it? I go, it is my favorite scene. You said I'm bringing heat on you. <laughs> and the fact that I've traveled out to that very like yes. lake dry lake bed to <laughs> to basically record shit to send it back. And by the way, I never even fucking saw Casino until 2021. <laughs> like I never watched that movie in my I, life. I, I never saw The Sopranos until 2021 oh, either. God. <laughs> and now you are so immersed in it that you you send me. You send me daily text messages with Sopranos and I, Goodfellas I got, and, and Casino. I got codes. in at the end. <laughs> I sound like Tony. I got in at the end after Char- all the good stuff was over. Charlie M, <laughs> you make me pop your head out of your eye out of your. <laughs> make me pop your eye out of the socket to protect that piece of shit. Well, I have a well-known love of Las Vegas and the fact that Casino yeah. is a Las Vegas-centric movie. I mean, yeah, it's got nothing to do with like my life or even really anything I do at casinos because I don't even play table games anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because I'm so afraid that like if I'm at a blackjack table and mm-hmm. some motherfucker like he fucks if some guy who's like at first position fucks up, yeah, and screws up my cards when it comes around, like. I have gotten pissed, and then th- this happened at the Plaza Casino back in 07. I don't. The dealer, the dealer, uh, this Asian woman, she was not happy with me. She gave she gave a very, me a very stern look. So if I ever go back there, which by the way, the Plaza is the basis of the Biff Casino from uh, Back to the Future Two. <laughs> I'm sure you probably knew that already. The Plaza, huh? Yeah. Um. Did she look at you and you went, how can you grin? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, what the fuck? She like drove off like everybody at this table. And I said, and I basically pointed back. and I was like, you know, I'm right on this. (laughs) Actually, my experience is dealing with casinos is um, it's it's more like where I go in and I have like a guy like Wallace Shawn from uh, Vegas Vacation where he's like, Changing 200. And then, like, he just <laughs> takes my money. That's usually my deal when I'm sitting down with a dealer. Um, but I got yelled at in, I may have told you this before. When I went to Montreal, uh, I want to say it was spring break when I was in college one year. We went to Montreal because I don't think it was one of the times I went up with like my brother and everybody else. Uh, we went and I was sitting down at the blackjack table at the casino. And I was, I was in first position and I was fucking everybody else's cards up because I was playing the way I play which is just looking out for number one and that's it. So I was doing things like hitting on 16 and shit like that. And you should hit on 16 or well, I don't know. We'll see. That's what I'm thinking. I was some sort of fucking rebel hitting on 16. No, I think I think I was. And that's, and the guy next to me was like, and I was like, I'm sorry. I don't speak French. And he's like, this was my card. And I was like, I'm I'm really sorry, guys. I'm really sorry. You were or sitting like next to Frenchie Martin, and you've never told me this story. America. <laughs> that was kind of a mix of uh of uh Shiki Baby and Frenchie Martin, huh? Yeah. 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 Uh yeah. No, I uh that was that was the one time I got yelled at playing playing blackjack, and then I 
I remember when I went to Vegas, there was one time I was sitting down playing poker and I, it was, I was sitting across from like a, from a Chinese fellow and um, he just kept like taking like hundreds out of his wallet and he would bust out like he'd go all in, bust out, and then just take hundreds out. And I was just like, this guy sucks. Like, I got to get out of here. Well, it was bad juju because I wasn't winning any of that money. Well, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I could see I could see why you would feel that way. Mm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very particular about, like, the machines that I play yeah. at, at casinos because, like, it's the year 2023, and when I was in Vegas earlier this year, I was like, look, I'm not going to play. I am not fucking playing video blackjack at a machine that not only doesn't let me split, but, like, doesn't allow, you know, mm. double down or, or or any any number of different things. So there's sure. a very – it's basically the one that's, like, it's got three seats at it. That's the one that I like. And yeah. they always got, like, a, a, a like on the on the video screen – um, some somewhat human-looking woman, but like close enough to human, but enough of a cartoon so that like nobody's gonna become aroused by like the fucking cleavage that they're showing there. And uh-huh. they try. What are they trying to distract me? It's like, look, I know how to play blackjack here, and I actually like it when there's one other person there yeah. because yeah. that then I get a little bit more information. Mm-hmm. In terms of in terms of the cards being dealt, problem is when you get two, then you get two people who might fuck up. And I don't know if you've noticed, but two thirds of our population are fucking idiots. So yeah, <laughs> that would go for people who go to casinos as well. I would assume it would roughly represent the general population. I always go back to the great George Collin where he said, "Just imagine how stupid the average person is, and realize that half of them are stupider than that." Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yes. Um, I hear you. Well, uh, actually, Carlin's got that wrong. He's referring to the to the median rather than the average. So the median. Yeah, that's right. Let's let's sit here for another 30 minutes as I fucking nitpick all Carlin jokes. How dare you in my own house? Uh, Chris will be seething. He will turn that off. Turn that off. (laughs) He's going to tell Sarah on the way back from uh, Gloucester. Turn that off. If they ever listen to this podcast, like at their entertainment center in their in their living room of their house, yeah, uh, that'd make me very happy if <laughs> if that occurs. Yes, it'll fill fill me with a great sense of pride and joy. I I don't know if they will listen to it uh, through their entertainment center at their house, but I guarantee you they will be listening on the car ride either to or fro uh, Gloucester. So, yes, yeah. So say hi to say hi to Chris and Sarah right now. <laughs> uh, I've already antagonized. Uh, I don't even know if Mike Crockett's a listener, and I've antagonized him twice already. You're gonna have to let Mike Crockett know that you're listening. That he's he's gotten a couple of shoutouts on uh, on on a la carte with Keithy. No, I I like that he's made himself available again. That's why his name is at the forefront of my mind. Absolutely, Mike Crockett, wonderful guy. I love him. It's fun when I run into him at the. Uh, well, I ran into him that one time at that Rad Pro wrestling event where he was he was he was doing a he was doing a solid for Brian Malonis. And uh I saw him at the next one and man, he he only refereed one match and it was cuz he looked blown up getting just getting into the ring. So 
<laughs> well, I I remember when he did like the this is the last Mike Crockett match, and I think it was it was in Woburn back when uh, Chaotic Wrestling ran Woburn. Yeah, and uh, I, I I took some pictures. I think I think I probably sent it to him where it was like um, you know he hugged Balonus at the end. You know his erstwhile uh, mm-hmm. uh, podcast tag team partner. It's it, it's funny how how you develop these feelings for these people that you do podcasts with sure. over time. You know, like all that shit you said at the beginning. All those lies you said about me at the beginning. <laughs> uh, these are not lies. These are truths. I love you. I love you more than anybody else that I currently talk to and, you know, do podcasting with. Thank you for saying that because I'm incredibly insecure. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not the one who I'm not the one that gets introduced every week as my best friend in the whole wide world. <laughs> you know, I don't know how that how the, how I came up with that and how it all started, but like I found in podcasting, yes. And like when when I was doing the show by myself, I was obsessed with like never repeating myself. Yeah. But people kind of want to hear the same the same stuff over over and over again. Yeah. I mean, they they prefer like a rolling thing that like you you can carry over from yeah. like the uh, the previous episode. <laughs> All the best. whereas you know it's like I do a fucking show on the AWA in 1990, and mm-hmm. then the next week I'd be doing like you know world class from 1983, and then I'd be doing WWF from 1994. The next yeah. week, so there's a lot of bouncing around, and it's very it it got a little difficult at times, which is why like. When we started doing it, we did bounce around at the beginning, but then I thought doing the best of the WWF Coliseum videos gave us a a, a nice focus. That and the uh, every uh, the, the random clips of Karate Kid Two. Uh, oh, at the end of shows. At the end yes. of our show. But the thing I noticed about uh, going back and and I can talk about this because I was a fan of your show from the get go, and because uh, I was a fan of your blog, believe it or not, your your long time ago blog yeah. uh, that I, I used to read. And then, and then I God rest be, his soul, huh? Yeah. God rest <laughs> his soul. Huh? The, the propane and the uh, obscene him propane. <laughs> no, but I, one of the, one of the things I noticed is when you started with um, tying in like feuds from previous federations. <laughs> so you would say, you would say, Oh, here's a matchup between Greg Valentine and so-and-so just like they had back in uh, Portland or whatever. And it was like, Oh, all right. So that was kind of your beginnings, I think, of you kind of doing the connections. And everybody, I mean, I think most successful sitcoms or TV shows, dramas, whatever, are ones that do callbacks to, like, previous things. And, you know, like, when Jerry's father or when Jerry finds Jerry's father's wallet in the couch all those years later, you know, on the on the night that uh, the Seinfeld show is going to debut – and it's just those are the kind of jokes that are like those are good paybacks, good payoffs. So yes, I think that's very good. But uh, no, I mean, uh, yeah, hey man, I was a fan of yours before. I keep I keep wishing that you would just make a comeback. But then again, I don't know if you, I don't know if you'd be able to hold your attention talking to yourself for an hour. <laughs> it, you know, it, it was it was kind of difficult, and you know, I had a certain rhythm to how I would I would tape those things. And you know, well, back back in those days, I just lot. Well, I just watched a lot more wrestling because yeah. it, like, 2014 to 2018 or 19, somewhere in there, 
it mm-hmm. is an absolute golden era of wrestling watching for me because you know at 2014 is when I was like oh my god like a lot of the old wrestling is is on YouTube mm. and then you know and then the network came along and the old WWE network before it became you know part of Peacock was an extremely quickly way quick way of like mm-hmm. Oh my God! I can watch the 1992 Royal Rumble whenever I want. Mm-hmm. So I would I would do that, and then what whatever episodes were on YouTube. So you know, just kind of make a podcast out of that. But ever since the switch to to Peacock, it's like I I don't I don't throw on shows unless I'm like actively thinking of it, or if I'm just completely inebriated. Like that night that I put on Clash Eleven for some reason. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> I will say that not wanting to pay for a Peacock plus plus or whatever to get like the, the non-commercial version. Uh, I end up finding myself just wanting to watch like matches from certain events and you can usually find them always on YouTube. Yeah. So like, I'll say like, you know what? I want to watch the, uh, the rockers Orient express from what's it? Rumble 91. Yeah. And I'll just find that on YouTube as opposed to going to the Peacock and putting on Royal Rumble season five or whatever, you know, and then doing it that way. So, yeah, I can understand that. I mean, it's it's funny. I actually I was thinking of this the other I was thinking of this yesterday. Um, I was trying to go to like the weather channel dot com or actually going on the weather channel on television. And it's like. Geez, I really want to know if there's like a uh, a murder storm or something coming to kill my town. Let me look on the Weather Channel and see what the current status is. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Weather Channel. We're going to show you the murder storm that's coming to your town right after this commercial for Hyundai. And it's just like, it's the dumbest thing. Like, there's always commercials now. Like, what? There's, yeah. There should be certain channels that don't have commercials. And the Weather Channel is the first one, I think. Well, I mean, I'm... Your your point about commercials on streaming services is is that 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 scratches me right where I itch because like look I I watch a lot I watch a lot of baseball so I have MLB TV in fact I may even have it on in the background right over there as we're recording it (laughs) watching my beloved Arizona Diamondbacks oh the Diamondbacks look at Um, you like. And I've seen the same goddamn commercials for Steel, for mm. um, Hyundai, or you know some shit like yeah. a million freaking times. The 2022 NHL season, where I was literally watching every game from the West Coast to its end, which meant I was seeing the goddamn Post Malone drink Jägermeister commercial like <laughs> seven times a night. <laughs> now, what's that going to do to somebody's brain? Okay, that. That is the commercial that birthed a million alcoholics. I, that I'm will convinced. fuck you because up. Like, like, look, I don't have Jaeger on hand. I'm not, I'm not going to drink that shit. But I, yeah. however, I will drink three glasses of a brown liqueur or something. You know, I, I, I will I will do that. I will do that. <laughs> but yeah, this like it's it's a complete deterrent. Like one of the reasons why I like watching Netflix or Amazon Prime mm-hmm. is or HBO Max. And I'm not calling it by that other name, is, um, uh, but <laughs> even it, Disney is because they don't they don't run the commercials during yeah. it. So like Peacock, it's like you know, 
I mean, my biggest complaint is when stuff leaves streaming services and it seems arbitrary and whatever, like, you know how much I miss Barney Miller not fucking being on Amazon Prime? It kills me. Now I got to find another show on Amazon Prime to, to watch through. Like, as my, as my background show from the 70s. Like, you know, somebody reached out to me on Twitter, like, you know, or Messenger or whatever. I was like, one day at a time. Like, yeah, if one day at a time was streaming, and I'm not talking about the more recent version, which wasn't very good on mm -hmm. Netflix. Mm -hmm. if, if somebody was streaming one day at a time, 75 through 85, well, I would watch a chunk of that. I wouldn't maybe maybe wouldn't go episode through episode. I would skip to where Valerie Bertinelli is 18 and I would start from there. Okay. Unfortunately, I think that coincides <laughs> with Mackenzie Phillips tagging her father. Oh. Which, uh, I don't know if you remember that sordid business. Uh, By the way, that's not the bullshit game, everybody. No, that, that happened. Is, that is true. Uh, the, I was trying to see if, uh, the, if, if the show Soap was on, and it's not. It doesn't seem like it seems like it's Benson on Amazon. Is. Benson huh? is. Benson's Benson is, on yeah. Amazon. But Soap, soap, is always, soap is always one of my favorites whenever like they would start playing that again. On television, I love that. I love that friggin' show. Well, now oh. that I think of it, is I don't think they pulled Benson at the same time they pulled Barney Miller. So maybe Benson should be my new show. Uh, that runs 79 through 86. That show mm. went later than a lot of people remember. Sure. But Benson, uh, Benson was a great show. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I have nothing but love and respect for the great Bob Guillaume. Who, oh. who was who was also good in the show Sports Night, mm -hmm. which is one of those weird shows. It's one of two shows that I watched when they were originally on that get like no play these days. The other one is Boston Public, mm. which I don't know if you remember that on Fox. I do, but that that was a show that I really enjoyed for the first three seasons. The yeah. fourth season, I <clears throat> pretend that didn't happen, but. And Sports Night, I don't think Sports Night's on is not streaming anywhere. Um, I think you can buy it on like Amazon. Oh, I bought the DVDs years ago, and oh, I've okay. watched through the series probably three or four times oh, on those. On those, yeah. Uh, of course, it was as famous as the Aaron Sorkin vehicle that he just fucking gave up on once he realized that the West Wing was the better horse to back. <laughs> So, like, by the time you get to the end of the second season of uh, Sports Day, it's off the rails. But it's, like, the dialogue in that show is very good, very realistic. Mm. But um, there, there is a reason why that show does not get aired on TV. And I think you know what that is. Mm. Do, do you remember watching Sports Night at all? Um, I do. Well, what's the reason why it's not aired anymore? Well, it's where where their studio was, where they did... Um, sports night was it in C was it in one of the to world towers? It, they, their establishment shots of New York would always be the World Trade Center. Ah, and okay. that show went off the air. It was on, I think, ninety eight to two thousand. Mm -hmm. uh, I yeah, it was it was a victim of the ABC. Let's cancel everything and fucking make Who Wants to Be a Millionaire every single night of the week. That's gonna <laughs> fucking work. That's fucking sustainable. Like. Whoever the fucking network executive that was like, <laughs> let's make Regis work fucking five nights a week for, for <laughs> one or two hours. Like, that guy should fucking die. 
I know you like it when I get angry. I, I do. get angry it's... thinking back because, like, and the know... best part about it is you're getting angry about the amount of work that people are making Regis do. <laughs> like, well, that and you know, well, sports night. Look, Aaron Sorkin less interest in it, and that, and it was yeah. it was inevitable, and the ratings weren't great anyway, but. What what an incredible what an incredible cast! Well, I mean, there. I was just the great say- the great Josh Charles, the number two celebrity Baltimore Orioles fan in existence. <laughs> uh, number one, of course, is Joan Jett, who literally watches Orioles games during her fucking concerts. Oh, she said that during an Orioles telecast. Like, you know that little thing on screen that's yeah. like everybody thinks I'm reading off a prompter? Yeah. Oh, no. That's me watching the Orioles game on MLB TV. And I was like, Jesus, Joan Jett's more of a maniac than I am. Here I am flying from Boston to Phoenix tomorrow to go see the uh, Orioles play the Diamondbacks. And uh, Joan Jett, Jett's doing a concert. She's watching have you ever- have you ever seen- Hold on, I gotta see this Ryan McKenna at bat. Have you ever seen have you ever synced up her concert tour with like the Orioles like travel schedule? Like, hey, the Orioles are doing a West Coast tour, and so's Joan Jett. <laughs> I I feel like that there's gotta be some sort of like Yeah, did you know that uh you know for I Love Rock and Roll, the backing track when played backwards is uh actually the tune to <laughs> Orioles Magic. <laughs> Like, oh, okay. She's she, she. I didn't know if you know this, but the the song she usually opens her encore with is the Birdman song. Oh, well. Um, that's a that's an old joke for you. The bird, bird yeah, the Birdman, isn't that the that instrumental piece, right? Oh, bird, Birdland, Birdland. Weather, that's what I meant to say. Report? Birdland. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Um, bird, yeah. Huh. That's you know what that make that gives me something to look forward to when the Orioles make the World Series this year is having Joan Jett sing, uh, "Take Me Out." To, no, uh, the the uh, anthem, the uh, national anthem at the beginning, and then throwing out the first pitch. Did you know that uh, John Denver had a feud with the city of uh, Detroit because um, they did they didn't like that he. He did uh, Thank God I'm a Country Boy, and it was a staple of the seventh inning strip. There's a guy, Jaguar Gator 7, on YouTube who made a whole video about this. Yeah. About how John Denver had heat with the city of Detroit because they they wanted him to do, like, the national anthem or something at, like, the 1984 playoffs, and they were like, no, fuck John Denver. He supported the Orioles last year because there was a rivalry between the Orioles and the Tigers. Yeah, because they were both in the AL East at that time. Orioles won the World Series in '83. Tigers won the World Series in '84. So everybody was happy. But like, yeah, can you imagine having heat with John Denver? Seriously, I, what no. kind of a fucking maniac do you have to be? <laughs> like, fuck this guy and his experimental aircraft. Ah, <laughs> uh, John Denver, R.I.P. Uh, yeah, Peter Krause was yep. in uh, Sports Night, and uh, he's getting some big, big, big play now because he's the star of 911. You know, one of the many, uh, one of the many murder shows that they have on uh, on Fox. Hi, I'm Peter Krause. You might remember me from such roles as the guy who wasn't Josh Charles on Sports Night and the male Nazi in that Seinfeld episode. <laughs> and Six Feet Under. Yes. Uh, the one that wasn't Dexter in Six Feet Under. <laughs> um, 
Also in Sports Night was uh, Joshua Molina, who would become a staple of the Aaron Sorkin uh, mafia. He he would appear in the West Wing ah. uh, l- later on in that show. Felicity Huffman. Uh, in but Felicity show. Huffman, one, one half of the great legendary tag team, Philium H. Muffman. <laughs> um <laughs> That's a that's a that's one of my favorite old uh, Colbert Report jokes from like '06. <laughs> I love how I'm referencing Colbert Report episodes like they happened last night, but they're 17 <laughs> fucking years ago. Hey Pete, when the uh, there was a kid born that that fucking episode, the day that episode aired, oh, he, God. he's fucking graduating from high school. The Shit. best thing about it is that Colbert should be just re- re-airing episodes of the Colbert Report. Oh, now because of the writer's strike. Oh, like 05, 06, 07 Colbert Report is like some of my favorite yeah. favorite television ever. Yeah, yeah. God, those were the days. Don't you wish we could go back to those days? No. At least, I, at it, least the television I, I, that was around those times. No, 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 no. No, because during a work meeting today, I, I explicitly said, please do not make me relive the Bush years. And I said, the first Bush, maybe. But not the not the second one. I don't need to relive the two thousands. If you want to send me back to nineteen eighty nine, you could you could do that, oh. or you could just have me do my podcast GFA Live, which I co-host with a very good looking fella. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir, for that wonderful. Uh... <laughs> you've been looking at, you've been staring at me for the last hour and a half. <laughs> this is the longest I think you've looked at me in in weeks. <laughs> I went on vacation with why you. Don't, why don't you look at me during? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> that that second North Carolina trip was so fucking funny for a variety of reasons that I can't go into. But also, like how I would see you just randomly drive like a like here we are driving from Massachusetts to North Carolina. And you would like intentionally fall behind just so you could fucking pass us at like ninety-two miles an hour in your little Toyota fucking Tercel or whatever it is you got. A, it's a Honda Accord, thank you very much. Oh, I'm sorry, Your Majesty. Jesus, sorry. If the thing goes up to eighty-eight miles an hour, we're gonna see some serious shit. Yes, you are. I mean, that was the best part. Was I mean, and then there was so when we real quickly about that. So then, of course, there's the time we were driving and I had created an 11 hour playlist on Spotify. That was, I had, I called it was um, from Boston to duck. And it was just, it was all hits from like the seventies and eighties and stuff. And, and uh, I think when we had stayed overnight in, was it like Virginia? It was like right before the bridge, the big bridge there. Yeah. Uh, we had stayed over and then I, we get up, we go to, we had the breakfast in the little hotel and then we're, as we're leaving, we're pulling out and I'm listening to like regular radio. And then I texted Chris. I was like, put on channel 93.5. And he puts and he says to Sarah, he goes, Keith must have gone through his entire playlist. And I was like, yes, I have. And he's like, he's listening to regular radio now. Well, if you remember, due to traffic, mm. we uh, traffic, we avoided the state of Connecticut entirely. We, we drove did. I-90 out. Yep. to the end of Massachusetts into New York and then mm-hmm. like went down from there into like yep. the Garden State Parkway yep. or whatever the fuck in New yep. Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then we got on, uh, yeah, then we got on the Jersey Turnpike where you were commenting on all the names of the, uh, the new names of all the exits. 
you know, how they renamed them after all the great people from the state of the great state of New Jersey. The fact that that trip occurred like two weeks before I started watching The Sopranos is uh, very humorous to me. Oh, yeah, because on the way back, I ended up at um, I ended up at the uh, James Gandolfini uh, rest area. No, no, no. What's the um, what's the strip club? Oh, the bang, the bada bang. Oh, I ended up I because I, I, all right. So coming back, my ways wasn't updating correctly. So I was using like Google Maps and Google Maps was taking me one way and then it had updated, but I didn't get the update. So like Chris and Sarah were going, they went this way. They went like they stayed like right and I went left and Chris is like, where are you going? And I'm like, I don't know. This is where the thing is taking me. And it dropped it dumped me off in uh, I don't know wherever the Bada Bing was the outside of the Bada Bing was filmed, but I drove by the Bada Bing. And it's and you pull up and there's a sign that says this was the bottom thing in Sopranos and I was like get the fuck out of here that was so then I was like oh I wonder if I can find Satriales but I think I was in a bad part of New Jersey so I didn't want to like look around I kind of yeah. wanted to get the hell out of there. There's all know? sorts of dudes laid out on Midland Avenue. Yeah, you know they, it, and, and I, I know, know it. it. And then the, the sneakers are from Tony. <laughs> Cock. Cock. <laughs> Cock. <laughs> we we don't do the drops here, so you know, no. We, I'm do, we're yeah. doing our own drops, the Sopranos, the uh, the the what could have been Patreon show for GFA Live. <laughs> you, you mean uh, 20, 20 years in the can, the life and times of um, <laughs> Phil Leotado. My brother said yesterday. He goes, "Hey, he goes, that's that's Phil Leotado, right?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Huh." That's funny, him hanging around with... Uh, that's why I don't think my brother saw like Casino a lot of times, because he goes, that's kind of funny that Phil Leotato is hanging around, that Billy Bats is hanging around with uh, with uh, with uh, Tommy. And I went, yeah. And then I'm like, hmm, he doesn't know what's going to happen later on, does he? <laughs> you got to get his heat back. <laughs> he comes up and he goes, I didn't want them to mess around with my brother, you know, and do the... <laughs> Frankie, you piece of shit! Frankie! You and your fucking brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh that's that that's the great the late great Frank Vincent, everybody. The late great yeah. Frank Vincent. So well, Pete, I think I think we're gonna wrap it up though, but I want to wrap it up with I want to ask you some questions. Um, oddly enough, we were talking about James Lipton earlier. And as you know, I'm a big fan of um, the Inside the Actor Studio. So, of course, I want to ask you some questions uh, by Pinard, P- Bernard Pivot on his show, Apostrophes. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> Peter, what is your favorite word? What is my favorite word? Hmm. In the whole English language? Yes. You know what? I think this might be the reigning champion now for over two decades. Back in high school, there was this Model UN fucking rule book that that used the word dilatory. And uh, I, I, I I like the word dilatory. So I started using it a lot in high school, and I think I need to bring it back. Dilatory, huh? Dilatory. Can you explain? Can you can you provide the definition of dilatory? 
Uh, I believe dilatory refers to like a uh, delaying tactic of uh, of some kind. Um, intended to cause delay ah. is the actual dictionary definition. He he had been dilatory in appointing a solicitor. Huh. That is the actual fucking sentence that they uh, they resorted to dilatory procedural tactics, forcing hmm. a postponement of peace talks. Well, they must be talking about Ireland. But anyway, um, yeah, dilatory, my favorite word in the English language. So, Peter, what is your least favorite word? My least favorite word? Hmm. <laughs> no, I, I can think of plenty of sentences that are... Uh, taxes. Uh, <laughs> the finger thing means the taxes. Um. Hmm. Least favorite word. You know, I know people whose least favorite word is like moist. Mm-hmm. Like they just hate the sound of that word. Um, hmm. You, you, you know what? I'm going to say Peter. My very first name. Because it's actually got a negative. Oh, he petered out after a while. Or it's a nickname for your dick. I mean, e- either way, it's not shining a fucking bright light of rainbows on me. <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> um, I don't I want to say it now. What turns you on? Besides, the, besides apparently, Zoe Deschanel. apparently Zoe Deschanel with a sundress. Yeah, of which I I will not comment any further. I wish to assert my Fifth Amendment privilege. What What turns you off? Me in a sundress. <laughs> uh, yeah, you would you in a sundress. <laughs> um, no. What What turns me off is uh. Poorly played baseball. I get really pissed off. I watched enough Orioles games, you know, from 2019 to 2021, where I saw that. And I saw that from the White Sox uh, earlier today. And I was getting very upset, even though they aren't even the team that I root for. Also acceptable is Emily Deschanel in a sundress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, yeah, 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 she's, she's, um, she's She's okay. I mean, there there are others other than uh, than, than than Zoe. No, I know, who, but the joke yeah, is that it's Zoe Deschanel. It's just I know that that's your go to. You know that you like. Um, okay, what sound or noise do you love? Sound that I love. Hmm. The crack of the bat on a home run in okay. baseball. Oh, that's like a, when a dude hits yeah. the ball, mm-hmm. like uh, when you, you know, hear uh, it, yeah, it's when like, you hear it. I I know exactly what you're saying. There was a Gunder Gunner Henderson home run at Fenway Park last September that literally sounded like a fucking gunshot, to the point where I think that that anti-gun ad that hangs over the Mass Pike it literally fucking peeled off in fear of the gunshot that was coming off of Gunner Henderson's bat there, September 2022. Look it up on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. That's that's one of my favorite sounds. Like I know, like the other night I was listening and I was watching a Red Sox game. I forget who it was that hit the home run, but you hear it. And it's just that you hear it off the bat, and you know it's like it's like as a drive deep to right, and you just hear it, and you know it's coming. And that's uh. An- another another sound that I enjoy <laughs> is. Would you like another beer? <laughs> well, would you like another beer, sir? Yes. Um, what sound or noise do you hate? 
Hmm. You know, I'm one of those dudes who just hates loud, like out of nowhere for no reason, loud, loud noises. Um, not not that I'm, you know, uh, not not champ. The other one, brick from Anchorman, yeah. loud noises. No, no, you're t- like it's just it's a quiet night, and then you hear like a car backfire. Um, I I, I would say since this is a relatively recent phenomenon. The sound of the paving trucks outside my house because the people <laughs> next door to me fucked up their driveway and it screwed up the drainage on the entire street. And I don't know why they haven't been like sent to prison for this. Like people need to go to jail for, for this. OK, I'm all for freedom. But they literally fucked up the drainage on the whole street people and they created a goddamn iceberg. It was like the fucking Titanic going down the street or crashing into a goddamn iceberg because. They would flood the street because the drainage was screwed up, and now mm. that now they're fixing it this week. Unacceptable. Yeah. Disgrazia. Yes. <laughs> All right, Peter. What is your favorite curse word? Oh, the F word without mm-hmm. without question. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, I'm quite fond of the Steve Martin scene at the rental car counter from planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh yes, because. Um, I talk that way, especially when I've been abandoned in an Uber rideshare lot in fucking Oakland, California, where no fucking Uber driver can fucking get there because they've closed off all the fucking roads because the fucking owner of the fucking Oakland A's wants to move to fucking Las Vegas. So he's trying to make it as fucking uncomfortable for fucking everybody as he fucking can. Okay. I had to take the subway back to San Francisco like a commoner. I had to take the fucking subway back to fucking San Francisco like a fucking commoner. (laughs) Do you have your receipt for the subway? I I threw threw it away. away. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What? Fucked. You're fucked. Uh, made that movie a uh, rated R, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> okay. <sighs> what profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt? Profession that I would like to attempt other than my own. Now, the easy, easy answer for me would be a uh, broadcaster of some kind. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's kind of been my hobby for for so long. So I would say a uh, brewer of beer, okay. because I have home brewed in the past. Um, if I had access to maybe better equipment, maybe I could do better. But you know, the beer the beer that I've I've, I've brewed, I, I, I've certainly liked. It's it's been acceptable. Yeah, home brew tends to be lower ABV just because of you know the circumstances and like what you have on hand yeah but i mean i thought about a career change years ago i'm glad i didn't do it because the the brewery industry in this country probably deserves its own podcast somewhere uh where a lot of places are getting squeezed out at this point absolutely if you're not one of the uh you have to have a real niche like with what you're using as a as uh 
materials i feel yeah. like you know anchor brewing lasted for over 125 years and it went out of business recently mm. because fucking sapporo came over from fucking japan and didn't know what the fuck they were doing <laughs> fuck sapporo and fuck dave Meltzer. <laughs> dave, dave Meltzer, huh who who's uh, that who, don't worry about, about it <laughs> um so I guess by that rationale, if I said, what profession would you not, would you not like to do? It would be also a brewer. Um, well, no, I mean, it's, it's just a t- it's, it's a pretty tough racket these days after there, there was a boom for, for so long. Um, what I would not want to do is uh, what my least favorite job was, which was working at Toys R Us. Then you might wonder, why the fuck is Toys R Us out of business? Well, I'll fucking tell you why Toys R Us is out of business. They fucking employ a bunch of people under age 18, and then they work them for three-hour and 45-minute shifts so that they don't have to fucking legally give them a 15-minute break. So they could work me for four hours, but instead you make it 345. We don't have to give you a break. We've just shaved off the 15-minute break period. What a piece of shit that company is. Yeah, and well, they're the, out of business the, now. Yeah, where the fuck are they? They're fucking like, you know, 5% of a Macy's store, which I saw in San Francisco. There's a Toys R Us in the Macy's. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them and their high food. High bullshit. <laughs> All right, Peter. And if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? We have the MLB and the NHL package here. <laughs> simple concise makes sense see i don't necessarily need legalized gambling in order to watch all these games i think i've now stockholm syndromed myself into like watching whatever's on mm-hmm. i mean i i now have enough favorite teams where you know i am i am I, I basically have more favorite teams than women Bill Clinton was fucking at any given time. I mean, you know, the, the, there's, a, there's a lot out there. The conspiracy theories abound. Yeah. Like, why do you like Cincinnati Reds games? Because they blow me as good as Paula Jones. All right? That's why. Oh, wow. Uh, there's Ellie a blast De- from the past. Ellie, Ellie, De- Ellie De La Cruz legging out a triple is, is a better memory to me. Than me jizzing over some blue dress that uh, Monica Walensky had. My I like God. how I'm doing that with not the Bill Clinton voice that I yeah I, I can clearly do a Bill Clinton voice. I, I like how you're just doing it with just the Peter Winston voice. Yeah, <laughs> well that's how I do my impersonations these days. It's Ellie like the, De La Cruz is Peter like, Winston, <laughs> like Chevy Chase when he was just doing uh, Gerald Ford as his own voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nothing, no nothing. Like that doesn't look like Gerald Ford. Dan Aykroyd played Jimmy Carter with a fucking mustache. Yeah, he sure which, did. Which, which is even worse than Cesar Romero just not shaving his mustache, but he was the Joker. That was fucking baller. <laughs> Cesar Romero, he's been in the ground for 30 years, but he lives on. He lives on. I uh, Speaking of Dan Aykroyd, I was watching Nothing But Trouble earlier today. You ever see that movie with Dan Aykroyd and... Chevy Chase and uh, oh god, it's so bad. Demi Moore and uh, John Candy. Oh, 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 oh. 
If Oof. Candy couldn't even save it, no, probably had a small role. The highlight of the movie, no, the no, John Candy's like in it. He's in it twice. The highlight of the movie is John Candy dresses as drag. He dresses in drag as like his twin sister. Is that a, a feature or a bug? It's a feature. It's so bad. It's so bad. But uh, it's free on YouTube if you want to check it out. Oh, great. Well, I think that does. I think that. Well, Pete, you've just about said it all. <laughs> what did he say? Robin? What did he say, Robin? Uh, well, I do want to thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, this was this was a lot of fun. This is the culmination of everything I've wanted in life is to do a show with you. Thank you. You've kept me straight, even though I've drank three beers while we've been recording this. <laughs> I've been seeing you drink some, you drink a Miller Lite, huh? You're just going with, uh... yeah. I'm like, I'm like Wade Boggs over here. I'm gonna drink when when I fly out to Arizona tomorrow. I'm gonna drink sixty of them on the way there. Good for I, you. I do get a free one on the JetBlue flight, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, good luck, Mazel Tov. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I mean, I know that uh, as far as plugging. Uh, we kind of plug the same show, but that would be uh, it's under greetings from Allentown. That would be GFA live, uh, you know, where we Pete and I talk every week. Um, when you hear this, it will actually have already been Pete's going to we're going to record from a special location. <laughs> yes. In Arizona. Yep. Um, because I am I am that dedicated. You uh, are to to the show. Well, uh, I recorded while I was in England. So I mean, you know, that we... is true. You 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 recorded from an airport lounge where you mm-hmm. couldn't say fuck or, or you basically because you were in a British lounge, all you could say was cunt over and over again, like you were Uncle Junior. <laughs> Cock. <laughs> cunt. Yeah, no, I did, but uh, no, I mean, it was that was a good time, and I mean, it'll be a fun time in Arizona as well for you, and uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, you could catch GFA Live. Greetings from Allentown on any of your local podcasting apps: uh, Podbean, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, SoundCloud, anywhere podcasts can be heard. You'll hear uh, Pete's uh, dulcet tones every week on G on Greetings from Allentown. And, of course, um, check out everything on the North-South Connection and uh, the Place to Be Nation. Uh, you can hear me pretty much a lot, at least once a week, if not twice a week, on the Place to Be Nation pop feed on the uh, uh, pop video jukebox song of the day. And uh, I'm all, I end up showing, I'm a big whore, and I show up on everybody's friggin' shows on the North-South Connection. But uh, So this is uh, for Mr. Peter Winston. Thank you so much. I am Keithy Langston. And uh, thank you so much for joining us and have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Little bird up on the pole. He's screaming out how the working day's over. I'd see them dinosaurs. They'd be herding out through the gates. And the workers would be giving their cars a running start with their fat little feet. So, so one night, I'm crossing the alley. I see this one worker coming home to his little stone hut. And I see him leave his lunch pail by the door. He calls out to his wife. Hey, Mama. 